welcome to the ministries of the Bohomi Baptist Church, where we worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, fair before Him in all the earth. And the pastor is Reverend Nelson. Be blessed by the sermon that you're about to hear. that you will be patient with me after four years that I can speak what God has put on my heart to speak. This message I preached at Cruz Bay about two weeks ago and when I asked the Lord what I should preach somehow that came back to me and I want to share it with you. Turn your Bibles with me to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 3. Beginning at verse number 10 to verse number 18. And then we go to the book of Proverbs chapter 20 and verse number 11. This is how the word of the Lord is written in this Bible. The Lord came and stood there calling as at the other times. Samuel. Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak. For your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, See, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. At that time I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family. From beginning to end. For his family from the beginning to end. And he says, for I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blasphemed God and he failed to restrain them. Therefore I swore to the house of Eli. The guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by sacrifice 
or offering. So I merely down until the morning and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision, but Eli called him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, here I am. What was it? He said to you, Eli asked, do not hide it from me. May God deal with you, be it ever so severely. If you hide from me anything, he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Ah, this is the one I like. Eli said, he is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his sight. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse number 11. Even small children are known by their actions. So it is their conduct really pure and upright This morning or this evening, rather, I want to speak to you on the subject. Conduct says it all. Conduct says it all. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for the reading of your word this evening. Oh, how we pray this evening that you will announce your soul fresh so that you will bring the word that you've laid on this heart for your people so that when we leave this place we would say it was good to be here because we would have heard from you God we cannot preach without your help so we are dependent on you today in Jesus name Amen I came across the story in one of my morning devotions that caught my attention and caused me to laugh out loud. It reminded me of the behavior of the many people I've met on my journey as a believer, especially in the religious world. This is the story. One night, A clergyman was walking to church when a thief pulled pulled a gun at him and demanded his money or his life. When he reached into his pocket to hand over his wallet, the robber saw his clergy collar and said, I see that you are a priest. Never mind. You go. The clergyman, surprised by the robber's unexpected act of pity, offered him a candy bar. (laughs) The robber said, no thanks. I don't eat candy during Lent. (laughs) 
The author went on to make this observation that the man had given up candy as a supposed sacrifice for Lent. But his lifestyle, his lifestyle of stealing showed his real character. Brothers and sisters, according to the wise preacher Solomon in chapter 20 and verse number 11, conduct is the best indicator of character. Yes, what we profess will be proven by our constant and insistent action. Prove his point. He focused on children. He noted that children are known as good or bad or pure or right by their behavior. Friends, I want to say to you tonight, did you know that the profession of goodness makes a little impression when practice contradicts it? Yeah. Too many times we say one thing, but we ask another. So we come to Sunday and Sunday morning and we're looking good. And we talk all the good talk, all the godly talk. But oh, look at the character on the conduct. In our text this morning, this evening, Samuel's conduct, even as a child, demonstrated his sensitivity to God. Yes, it will do us well to investigate this young man's life and see what kind of conduct he exemplified that demonstrated his sensitivity to God and by the grace of God seek to emulate them in our own lives. Uh, For what is not impressive, God is not impressed by a profession that is not proven by consistent conduct. And I know I'm talking to people who profess faith in Jesus Christ. You can profess how much you want. If it does not show in your conduct, something is wrong with you. Observe with me, Samuel, as a child, demonstrated sensitive sensitivity uh, uh, to God, first of all, by his continued desire to serve the Lord. In verse number one, it was Charles Spurgeon who once said, once one of the greatest rewards that we ever receive for serving God is the permission to do still more for him. God did not just save you for saving you. He saves you and he gives you a daily portion of grace. And you must use that grace to talk about it, to share more for him, and to be more like him. Samuel, as a boy, as a child, had a continued desire to serve the Lord. He did not think of himself too young. Today, God is interested in anyone. It does not matter how old you are. What is interested is that, are you available? Are you available to Him? Not His continued desire to serve His Lord as it is demonstrated and exemplified, first of all, by His faithful 
uh, get this, his faithful assistance to the servant of the Lord Elijah. In verse number one. Please note, Samuel was serving the Lord. Yes, Lord. By assisting Eli, the servant of the Lord. No, I have to, I have, you, you probably didn't get that. Yes. Samuel was serving the Lord yes. by assisting Eli, the servant of the Lord. Yes. Too many times, some of us believe when you're doing, by doing the work, assisting in the church, is that we're doing the work of the preacher. Yes. But I'm far from that. Yes. This is far from that. Assisting in the work of the church is serving the Lord. However, it was necessary that Samuel be constant in his service and have a continued service toward the Lord and, uh, and, and assisting Eli. Because you see, he was the next in line. And what better place to learn a better person to learn from than the servant whom God had there. To Samuel, he would remain faithful to the end. Regarding faithful service to the Lord, it was uh, Neil Anderson who made this statement. We don't serve God to gain his acceptance. We are accepted so we can serve. And then he's not finished yet. He says, we don't follow him in order to be loved. We are loved so we follow him. Yes, indeed. Samuel served the Lord not to be accepted or to be loved by him, but to serve him faithfully because he knew that God loved him. God was concerned for him. Apostle Paul puts it into perspective for us. Uh, He says, when writing to the Corinthians, he says, For the love of Christ controls or constrains us, uh, having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died, and he died for all, so that they who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them. That's Paul's passion. And one of his main desires was to please his Lord, the one that loved him so much. I wonder this evening, how much do you love the Lord? How much do you love the Lord? Yes. Then serve him. With all your heart, yes. with all your soul, yes. and with all your mind. It's kind of quiet in here. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on. Yeah. His continued desire to serve the Lord was exemplified by serving at a rare time in the history of his people. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. In verse number one. Look at it carefully. 
It is indicated uh, uh, indicated by the text that uh, at this time Israel's history, God's voice or his message uh, and his revelation was somewhat rare and uncommon. And the reason for that was because of the sin that was in Israel. Not only among the leaders, but also among the people. When there is sin, often God pulls back from speaking to his people. One of the examples of the fact that Eli had two sons. There were priests in the temple and they were misusing the people. But more than anything else, they were misusing the things of God. Hearing the rumors and possibly seeing the conduct of these two priests, the servants of the Lord. Why would this young man want to continue to serve the Lord? But Samuel knew something that you and I often miss. Samuel realized that he was serving the Lord. He was not serving man. Too many times we quit serving God. Something happens in the church and we just quit. Samuel understood the principle that he was serving the Lord. And it did not matter what people said or people did. He was going to serve the Lord. May I say to you this evening, if God has called you, remain faithful. Remain faithful unto death. God will bless you for your faithfulness as, as Paul spoke about in, 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 in 2 Timothy chapter 4 verse 7 and 8. I admire the words of Rick Warren who wrote these words. A faithful servant never retires. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, you can retire from your career, but you will never retire from serving the Lord. I don't know. They may have to carry me out. I don't know one day. Yeah. Serving my God. Yes. But I'm going to serve him to the best of my ability. As long as I can. Notice in the second place. I ask for your patience. Because I want to take my time to bring this to you. He had a willingness to obey. That was the second thing we see about him. A willingness, a willingness to obey verse 4 through 10. Brothers and sisters, there is no greater test to having a close relationship with God than the test of obedience. Yes. Especially obedience to God and His Word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are two, two men in the book of Genesis who were faithful to the Lord, and the Lord did some wonderful things in their lives. The first one is Enoch in in Genesis 5 and verse 21. His obedience was so great. It was so close with God. The Bible says God took him. The other one was Noah. 
In Genesis chapter 6, verse 5 and 8, 5 to 8, uh, his obedience to the Lord saved, uh, uh, saved his entire life and family while the rest of the world perished. All because of his obedience to the Lord. Mm. Though Samuel was an apprentice in the work of the Lord during a time when there was much disobedience and rebellion by both the spiritual leaders and the people of his nation, yet his heart was bound by obedience. Please notice the seriousness of this young man's obedience to his God. In verse 5, 6, and again in verse number 10. He woke up three times at least to attend to a call. Two for which he thought he heard Eli calling. But notice when the call came, what he did. He would run to Eli. Not walk to Eli, he would run to Eli, showing his readiness to hear and to obey. When was the last time you ran to the Lord when he spoke to you? When was the last time you said, God, here I am? Oh, that we would be willing to humble ourselves in obedience to God's call with a cry from our heart. Here, Lord. Here I am. Whatever your desire, I am willing. I am praying that you will say, God, I am willing to obey you no matter what it is. Let's move on from here. Notice. Samuel was, was sensitive to Eli's feelings. He was sensitive to Eli's feelings. In verse 11 to 15 and verse number 18. Having revealed the fate of Eli's house according to the prophecy revealed in chapter 2, verse 37 to 36, that his two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, were on their way to death the same day, that no members of his family would not live of their days, but of a God would put an end to his family so it will be no long in service for the Lord. Not only that, God said he was going to cut off Eli's family from Israel. That would happen, the completion of that would happen 130 years later. Knowing all of this from God, the one who thinks, listen, listen, listen. If you were in Samuel's shoes and God had come to reveal to you what is going to happen to your boss, that he was going to take out your boss. Not only was he going to take out your boss, but he went to take out the entire family of your boss. How many of you would stay quiet? 
I don't know if I could. But Samuel, the Bible said, Samuel went to bed. And he got up early in the morning. So many a times when we speak, when we ought not to, yeah. we say things that we shouldn't, even if when we know the downfall and we know what is happening to the individual, we forget that they are our brethren and so we talk about them. Yes. We kick them while they are down. Yes. There are two lessons to learn from Samuel's behavior. Number one, knowing one's downfall or one's faith should not change our concern for them. Can I say that again? I yes, want you to get yes, it. I'm, yes. I'm, not, I'm not going to fast. I want you to get it. I want you to get it. Knowing one's downfall, one's faith should not change our concern for them. Yes. In verse 15. The text reveals that having received the knowledge of the fate of Eli, Samuel went to bed. And he woke up in the morning and he went to work as usual. He would not speak of it to anyone for he had great respect for the man of God. Yes, sir. Yes, it is. How much respect do you have for your brothers and sisters even when they are dumb? Samuel would not talk about the servant of the Lord. He would not. No, no. Yes, the indictment of God was upon him, but he was still a servant of the Lord. Yes, right. Learn that from David. David could have killed Saul a whole bunch yes. of times. Yes. Yes. He could have destroyed him, but David would not touch him. And remember the young man who came and dragged home, he had killed Saul. Remember that David says, oh, come on, you know, you, you're out of place. And his life was taken. That's right. Samuel did. He was concerned for his mentor. Yes. Yes. Here's the second lesson. Knowing one's downfall or one's faith give us no right to speak about the situation unless God tells us or they free us to tell. Yeah. 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 17 and 18 once again the text reveals that it was Eli who demanded that Samuel reveal what God had told him yes by like this Eli wanted Samuel to learn the lesson that he he he, he had a responsibility to reveal the message, even if it was bad news. You know, there's sometimes in all eyes when we have to give bad news. And if you're going to be a servant of the Lord, you had better learn to give bad news. And that's a tough lesson to learn for any preacher. Yes, yes, yes. 
when someone dies or something happens and you have to go to the family and say, I want you to know that this brother or this sister has passed. Samuel, Eli said to Samuel, there comes a time when you have to do this. Mm -hmm. Let's move on, let's move on. Samuel was a faithful reporter of truth. Yeah. In verse 16 to 18. Having heard from God the faith of Eli, his mentor, and was told of the responsibility to reveal the truth, though the news was not was bad. Samuel would reveal everything. Everything that God had said to him, and he did it truthfully and honestly. He did not add to it. He did not take away from it. For the true servant of God reveals what God has revealed to them, not adding or taking away from it. But what is quite interesting here is Eli's response to the truth revealed. Look at it in your Bible. I wonder what would be your response having heard the sovereign Lord is going to wipe you out. I wonder what your response would be. Lord Eli's response to the truth. First of all, he accepted it as God's will. Can I say that again? He accepted it as God's will. This was the second time Eli had received a prophecy concerning his family's future. It happened in chapter 2, verse 27 to 36. Therefore, he was convinced that it was true and the predictions would come to pass. You know why? Because God does not lie. Number two, he submitted himself to God in verse 18. Convinced that God had said concerning his house was true. He did the most appropriate thing. He submitted himself to God. Yeah, 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 yeah. He threw himself on the mercy of God's court. And he said, He is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his sight. Ah, my friend, it's better to be in the hands of the Lord than to be in the hands of crazy people. We've got some real crazy people. Even in the White House and out of the White House. Folks running for office. I hope you're smart enough to make a wise choice. Brethren, it is important that we learn to always submit to God's form of discipline and correction. For it is to our benefit 
Hebrew writers was quite fitting here. He wrote that believers should not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines the ones he loves. Yes, yes he does. And he chastens everyone he accepts as his sons and daughters. Moreover, the discipline, he disciplines us in order that we may share in his holiness. For no discipline seems pleasant at the moment. It may sound painful, but oh, the end of it is where God wants to get us. He wants to get us where he wants us. May I say to you, if you can walk away from God and go back in the world and have fun about it and not be disciplined by God, then something is wrong. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You, you, if, you, if you say you have professed faith in Jesus Christ and you can go into the world and enjoy the world and have not yet been disciplined, it's coming. Yeah. And if it doesn't come, mm. it says that you will not have kissed. I don't know about you this morning but I know when God uses a belt he uses it wisely and he uses it in love and you will not get away from it Whenever I think of discipline, I always think about my mother. The way she disciplined us. My mother had her own police force all around the town. And we would misbehave and we'd come home and she would not say a word. Two months would pass and one day you do something wrong. As they say, boy, come. And she has the belt and she says... Two months ago, you did this, and you did that. Yes. Last month, you did this. And by the way, why is she saying that? The belt is working. I'm too glad God does not discipline that way. Uh, no, 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 no. He loves us. He disciplines us in a way that tells us that he cares for us. The final lesson. We can emulate from Samuel's life that demonstrated his sensitivity to God is this. He was a reliable servant. Yes. In verses 19 to 20. Look at it carefully. Having witnessed the downfall and the fate of Eli, his, his mentor and family, Samuel grew up having a close relationship with the Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Serving him to the best of his ability. His service to God and people proved him to be reliable. Listen, can people trust you? Are you reliable today? Therefore, the people concluded three things. Number one, that God was with him. All because of his conduct and the way he behaved himself. You know, people can know you by your conduct. Yes. Now, notice secondly, in verse number 2022, 20, that he was indeed God's chosen servant to them. 
He accepted it because they looked at his life and they saw how God was dealing with him. And they said, that's the man that God has chosen for us. And then the verse says, the last verse, that God began to work again with his people. He began to reveal his messages to them. You see, brethren, when we walk right before God, he shows up. And he does wonderful things in our lives. How about you tonight? Are you a reliable servant of the Lord? Can both God and people count on you? Does your conduct say who you really are? If so, God will continue to show up in your life. Your actions will demonstrate that He is present in your life. And He will continue to reveal Himself to you through His Word as He did Sunday. Well, and there is no substitute for knowing God. No, sir. No, 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 no. One may pretend that there is a relationship between him and God, but your conduct will prove you otherwise. The only way to have a relationship with God is to wholly trust in His Son, Jesus Christ. The one who has died for your sin. By trusting in Him completely, He will forgive and cleanse you of your sins. Moreover, He will take up residence in your heart by His Spirit permanently and will give you the grace and strength to walk pleasing before the Lord. Oh, my prayer tonight is that God would grant you the ability to trust in Jesus Christ and to live a life not only of profession, but a life that proves your profession to be true. Let us bow in the word. Heavenly Father and God, we thank you for your word. God, it was not something to tickle the ears. It was not something to make us smile and to have itching ears. It was a message that come and deal with the heart. So tonight we don't know God, but we know the Spirit knows the hearts of every man. You know what kind of service, what kind of conduct that we display on our jobs, on our homes. God, sometimes we say one thing, we act another. Please, God, may you grant us the grace to take a look within ourselves. See where we are. Help us, God, that we would live a life that is pleasing before you. May our conduct match up with our profession. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we just want to thank you for listening to today's sermon here at the Baboni Baptist Church, where sharing Christ is every Christian's business. So as we depart, go and serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords.